Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Hey, Sifu Bob, how you doing out there, man? Good. You know, in the green room, we were just talking about heat, how hot it's getting down here, and it's mm-hmm. starting to get warm, and summer just started. Yes. Uh, I, I do have a funny story to share, and I told you this today because I just thought it was funny, and my wife actually laughed at it. So, everybody <laughs> knows I'm an Uber and a Lyft driver, so I pick up this girl in Santa Monica, and I'm driving her to LAX, okay, uh-huh. Los Angeles International Airport. So we passed this In-N-Out Burger, and she said, and, and the In-N-Out Burger is right by the airport, and, I, and she says, have you ever eaten there? And I said, not at that one, but I've eaten In-N-Out before. She says, I love it there. I, I said, really, why? She says, because you can, you can sit outside, eat your food, and a plane just go right overhead. I thought, wow, that sounds pretty cool. And she says, I'd love to take dates there. I said, you go on dates there? Why is that? And she said, well, for the same reason. You can sit outside. You watch the planes go over. And the noise is so loud, I can't hear a damn word they're saying. And I like it that way. That way we still like each other. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> I thought, how funny is that? That is hilarious. That is hilarious. That's not the middleman of the woman saying, would you just shut up? <laughs> Stop talking. Bringing a friend, you know, to the date yeah. to act as, you know, we got to go. <laughs> as a buffer or have that emergency phone call that calls you an hour into the date. Yeah. With an emergency, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I've had a couple of those dates. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I had I had dates where my best friends would have to follow me in a car. It's like, oh, all right, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's awesome. Oh, it was funny, and I told her about the show too. And I said, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to tell the story. And she said, Go for it. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's so awesome. So. Uh, for those of you that just tuned in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with Rusty and Robert. And our guest today is going to be Tony Laudati. Laudati, I'm saying it wrong. Um, and we'll we'll find gonna, out how to say it so soon. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not going to be afraid to say, you know what, I'm an idiot, Tony. How do you say your last name? So, uh, but the phone lines you are going to open. I'm, not, I'm never afraid to, but I'm never afraid to say that either. <laughs> so I, I always, I always say, I'm sorry, Rusty's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, 
So our call-in number right up here, 347-677-0699. And uh, phone lines are going to open at 630. All right. Let's get moving. Oh, Rusty, so- do, do you know what's cool about, about being on TV, about you being what's on that? TV? When I say what? something like that, you can no longer flip me off. Because <laughs> they can see you now. That's true, but that didn't, that didn't stop me by putting my fist up in the air and putting my other arm on my bicep. <laughs> oh, oh that, that's, that's very true. That's true. That's true. Anyhow. <laughs> okay. Woo, it's hot in here. You know, what's going on here, folks, is that we're having our roof replaced here at my studio, and um, we have no HVAC right now. They, they took the HVAC offline to be able to work on uh, the electrical and stuff. And it is effing hot in here. I can see it in the video. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating. So this is going to be interesting. But I've got my, I've got my Japanese iced tea going on, and I think I'll, I think I'll be okay. All right, let's move on. Let's get to our birthdays. We have for birthdays there, Sikiba. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I do have to point out one thing now. I have this. I actually saw this on video, USA USA Hall of Fame, when I was huh. blaming you for my receding hairline, my gray hair, and my high blood pressure. You <laughs> held up like the peace sign and said, Bob, take one finger away. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> you didn't want to flip me off in front of 300 people. Yeah, that's right. I didn't want to do that. I just said, hey, just take that and take one finger away. <laughs> okay, so birthdays on the 27th, we have Dr. Richard Bell. On the 28th, we have uh, our good friend, stunt coordinator, uh, Joe Ordaz, and uh, comedian and actor, guitar player, kung fu instructor, Mark Hoadley. He's also on the 28th. Uh, uh-huh. Legendary martial artist, Mike Stone, his birthday is on the 29th. A nice. dear friend of mine, Lynn, Lynn Jacoby, which is uh, Sensei uh, Hanchi's, uh, Scott Jacoby's wife, her birthday is on the 1st. And a past guest with Mr. Art Camacho, uh, Stephanie Gerard, her birthday is also on the 1st. Oh, nice. Very cool. I've got some as well. Um, today, a uh, good friend of mine, Marie Burns, is having a birthday. Also, Jen- Jenna Viludaki. And uh, you already said, uh, oh, wait, no, you didn't. Uh, Michael E. Reed, um, a former inductee in the Masters of the On June 27th. Michael oh, Michael my- Reed, that's right. And on June 27th, my niece, Kalani Chen, is having her birthday. June 28th, Lee Wilcox, a friend up in Vancouver, B.C., near Vancouver, B.C. June 29th, my old and dear friend, not old age-wise, but we go back a long ways, Dawn Redbear. Her birthday's on the 29th. Jeffrey Dean Myers also on the 29th, as well as Tom Crawford. On the 30th, we've got uh, skilled whip maker Bobby Holyoke of Holyoke Whips, Kim Knauss, Mike Blackgrave, Casey Stensis, who uh, used to be a former student of mine, as well as Han Chung, another former student of mine. All those birthdays are on the 30th. And on July 1st, 
my Wushu and Tai Chi instructor is having her birthday, Master Yi Jiao Hong. So for everyone having a birthday this week, here's a tune for you. You finally got them? <laughs> yeah, I got I was in actually my sent mailbox and then a notification came up that you sent me mail. So I just got them. Yeah, yeah I, I had but I you, had these notes like sitting here for like the last three hours and I'm like and I looked over at my Evernote and I went, Oh, I didn't send Bob the notes. So Well, yeah. no, it's not just that. Usually when we get to birthdays, you're like looking on your Facebook calendar. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple extra hours this afternoon. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So let's get into announcements. Um, did you want to get into the Martial Arts History Museum July events or shall I? Yeah, no, let's do July event. I'll do July. You do the the next one. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so I'm only going to do, uh, so I'm only going to do the first one then, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, the, I'm only going to do the first one. You're going to do, like, all so of the July events, and I'm going to do Dragon Fest and all that other neat stuff. Well, right? there's only one July event. I, there's only one July event. Look at what you arguing about July events. There's only one. I know. Oh, that's right. Okay, go ahead. I'll do, go ahead. I'll just, I don't know why there was more. He, you know, <laughs> I'll have to talk to Michael about that. <laughs> I know. It's, okay, so we're having a special event. This is sort of a community relations event, pre-Dragon Fest event, and a rummage sale at the same time. We're going to mm-hmm. have masters like uh, hopefully Carl Tott and Doug Wong, Art Camacho, uh, Leo Fong. They all have stuff that they, that they don't have room for any longer than they'd like to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, half, the, half the proceeds go back to, to the museum. And what that is, is it's going to be a potluck. Before Dragon Fest, July 22nd from 6 to 10. I'll read you what Michael wrote about it. That This is it, kids. It's time to prepare for Dragon Fest. But before we do, we are having a special potluck event at the museum. We are having a DVD release, book signing, and rummage sale at the museum. Yes, this is a free event, but cost is a plate of something delicious. Starts at 6 p.m. and is open to the public. So it's a completely free event. Museum closes at 6 anyway. We're going to be there with food, drinks. We, people can bring entrees, salads, uh, dessert, uh, uh, drinks. You name it, they can bring it. And it's going to be oh. fun. We had one. 
we had wine January 1st. And it was a blast. You know, Mike yeah. expected us to have like 20 people, and there was over 60. And I just yeah. put the event out today, and uh, so far eight people are going from the event. I invited 200, and we'll we'll see who shows. It's going to be a great thing, good public relations, good for, good for the museum, and good for the up-and-coming Dragon Fest event. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There Come on go. by and uh, and uh, check it out. You know, see if there's anything that you want to rush through and buy. And you oh, know, yeah. if anything, you know, we'll, yeah. Well, we'll be doing a lot of Facebook lives from there. Mhm. We'll be doing uh, that. Was, something yeah. has come up that we're going to be doing at the museum at the at. Oh, why, I'm sorry. Why don't you save that for the next print? I was going to okay. announce the auction, but you go ahead and do that. Okay. All right. Well. The next event coming up real soon, August 5th, 5th, it is going to be the biggest, the baddest, and the hottest martial art convention on the West Coast. Um, you get to enjoy over 100 vendor booths, celebrities, icons, stars, and martial arts paraphernalia, weapons, the whole night yard. Mm-hmm. Um, cultural experiences. What's going on over there, Bob? Nothing. <laughs> my wife's my my wife's opening a bag of corn chips. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard the chips rattling. I don't like what's going on. <laughs> All right, back to Dragon Fest. Um, as far as cultural performances, uh, from cultural performances mm. to the museum salute to our forces. We're going to enjoy a great event, so get your ticket. Now, remember, this is a charity event. 100% of all funds collected go to the Martial Arts Museum and to the operation of it. Basically, you know, the Martial Arts Museum and uh, Michael Matsuda, they, they put this on, and it goes right back to the museum to, uh, for its operation in the community. Now, you want to get your tickets, and the way to do that is, oh, actually, you know what I can do is, because it, it's, it's an event, right, Link? Uh-huh. I'm going to do uh-huh. is I am going to post it in the comments, so that way people can buy tickets to Dragon Fest. Get your tickets to Dragon Fest here. And so, all right. Okay, did that go through? Yes, it did. I'm going to pin the comment to the top. And if we do that again on my, uh, on my personal page, there's too many pages open on my computer. <laughs> that's, that's nice. But you, you now, also... Remember, in case people... Well, remember, guys, in case people are listening, they can go to DragonFestExpo.com. If they're watching, that's great. They've got your link, but they don't have it if they're li- just listening and not watching you. Yeah, DragonFestExpo.com. You can get them there. Now, also, uh, it doesn't mention it in, um, in the blurb that uh, my in August announcements, but August 6th, there's going to be a video 
Um, what is called like a VIP red? Right? Get that right? You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Well, that's funny. Jumpo says an echo on your side. So. <laughs> anyway. All right. So on August 6th, the day after Dragon Fest, there's a VIP red carpet event at the Martial Arts History Museum with celebrities such as Cynthia Rothrock and Don the Dragon Wilson. Who else is going to be there, Bob? I forgot. Uh, let's see. Uh Oh, God, I had a list right in front of me, too. Oh, Benny Arquitas, Art Camacho, James Liu. That's that's who he's listed. So it, it's going to be a great event. Uh, that's only 5 bucks, but now you can't buy the VIP ticket without going to Dragon Fest. So, so it's $30 for Dragon Fest and $5 for the VIP. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But you got to get that ticket at Dragon Fest. <laughs> so basically, you have to go to Dragon Fest to get your ticket to to the VIP event. You can't just like come waltzing in and you know pay five bucks at the door because um, I guess they'll be expecting tickets that are bought at Dragon Fest. So there you okay, go. Okay, well the way it's going to work this year, I just found out. Like we got our vendors tickets when we present our vendors tickets to Karen, Michael's wife. She's going to give us two wristbands. One for Dragon Fest and one for the VIP event. Okay. Makes sense. Nice. Awesome. So, and I think, I think that's it for those events, I believe. Right? Oh, one thing for Dragon Fest, uh, that there is no uh, credit card payments for Dragon for the event at the door. It's all cash. Ah, okay. There you go. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess with that said, oh, I think I think it's time to go to the health news. Where is my health news? I, there it is. Time to go to health news. Mindfulness walking are good for you. Now, you know, I, I, I met some guy at a Starbucks out here, and he saw my World Tai Chi Day shirt. And he's like, that's like a, a, a world day for that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you've heard of Tai Chi, right? And he said, yeah, that's the stuff that old people do. And I went, <laughs> that's your hot button. Yeah, and that's that, that's my button right there. And I was just like, well, actually, you'd be surprised. You know, I trained in China, and there were kids doing it, and they actually fought, and you'd look at it, and you'd think it's kung fu. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. In fact, if you see old people doing it really well, they've been doing it a long time and can probably fight. But um, it, anyway, I, I just told him, yeah, I'm into mindfulness stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, and, and yeah, he I walked away and I went, okay, whatever. But <laughs> this article is from Health Day, written by Robert Pike, um, a reporter from Health Day. 
Um, and he writes, relax your mind and then consider this. The physical and mental health benefits of pursuits like yoga, tai chi, and meditation in your genes. Begin in your genes. And this new review suggests this. The researchers reviewed 18 studies involving a total of 846 people to determine how the behavior of genes is affected by yoga, tai chi, meditation, and other mind-body interventions. The conclusion, such activities have been found to reverse molecular reactions in DNA that cause poor health and depression. Now, before everyone out there starts calling bullshit, okay, let me, let me finish, okay, let me finish. Okay, quote, Millions of people around the world already enjoy the health benefits of mind-body interventions like yoga or meditation. But perhaps what they don't realize is that these benefits begin at a molecular level and can change the way our genetic code goes about its business, said lead researcher Ivana Burek. Burek is a doctoral candidate with the Brain Relief and Behavior Lab at Coventry University in Great Britain. And... uh, Ivana Burek says these activities are leaving what we call a molecular signature in our cells, which reverses the effect that stress or anxiety would have on the body by changing how our genes are expressed. Okay, let me finish. Simply put, mind-body intervention allows the brain to steer our DNA processes along a path which improves our well-being, Burek said in a university news release. More study, though, is needed to understand these effects fully and how mind-body interventions compare to other healthy, ex- uh, healthy activities and other dietary habits, she said. But this is a, an important thing to build on to help future researchers explore the benefits of increasingly popular mind-body activities. And these findings were published on June 16th in the journal Frontiers in Immunology. So there you go. Tai Chi, meditation, uh, mindfulness exercises, Qigong, yoga, anything like that. Even just sitting for a second and going, <laughs> I want to take a half nap before, <laughs> before I go back to work. It's all good for you. All good for you. I don't know, Rusty. Oh. My, my, family had, my family had an intervention. They, they didn't call it that. Oh, wait a minute. That might be something different. Yeah, they had an intervention to get away from you, right? Is that how it works? Right. That was, that was uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with our health news out of the way, let's move on to Bob. Weird news. All right. What do we got for weird news? Now, this was one of those weeks that I, w- I wish this thing was, was all video and you could see it because I really wanted to share the ugliest dog in the world story. <laughs> it was this mastiff that had jowls down to its chest. And, oh, it was, <laughs> but it was cute. <laughs> now, I don't care how a dog looks. They're all cute. Aww. <laughs> so, this comes from Ohio. Uh, an Ohio couple was a little bit more generous with goodwill than they intended. They gave hmm. away a box of clothes. In that Goodwill box, it, the workers found a duffel bag. And in the duffel bag was money. 
Workers first thought it was plain money, but it was real. One hundred thousand dollars. What? What? Yep. They tossed oh. a hundred thousand dollars. Apparently by mistake, Goodwill tracked down and returned it to the donors who were not aware until contacted that they had given it away. It was a down payment for a house. And they in they cash. left it in cash and they left it somewhere. And wow, can you imagine? Can you imagine like yep. rummaging through all and going, where's your down payment? <laughs> We're freaking right now. <laughs> that would yeah, suck. If, I w- if anybody else would have found that, they would have had a down payment on the house. It wouldn't have gone back to those people. It wouldn't have. Yeah. You know, it, with that much money, it's a, it's amazing how greed, like, just, like, certain, certainly takes over. It's, uh, oh, man. 100,000. Oh, this was found in a what? What? It was so found in a duffel found... bag in a in a box of clothes that this couple given away to Goodwill. Wow. Wow. Yeah, right? A... Oh, it's insane. That's wow. That's amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a good thing they got it back. Yes, absolutely. That would have been horrid. Yeah, that, that would have sucked. All right. And that is wow. my weird news. All right. Well, let's move on to the entertainment news. All right. Well, this is about Disney and Star Wars. You know, Star, Star Wars was a big thing, but Disney, when they bought the rights to it, made it 10 times what it was. They had events at the studios with stormtroopers, and they had the when the first one was released, they had a lightsaber battle in Pershing Square in downtown L.A. Wow. It was the most amazing thing I'd seen. It was like a phenomenon come to life. So, Disney Chairman Bob Iger has no doubt Ron Howard will bring will bring the up and coming Star Wars Han Solo installment in for a smooth landing and any bumps in the road will be quickly forgotten. We got the uh, TMZ got I got out Friday at E Baldy in Beverly Hills when a photographer asked some pretty good questions about Howard's chops in the genre. Iger laughed, says the tr- the truth, Ron could direct anything. You know, Ron uh-huh. Howard and my brother went to school went to school together. They were like one year apart in the seventies. Wow. As, as was reported, Howard is replacing directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Iger won't say if the flick will be delayed, but he says there are three elements that will guarantee success. Oh, uh, right on. Huh. Well, and you know, Ron is growing up in Burbank. He's been uh, 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 Grand Marshal for Burbank on Parade. And the reason mm-hmm. I bring that up is not a friend of ours, but we've seen him around. James Hong mm-hmm. was this year's Grand Marshal. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was pretty I, cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Neither did I until, until Jenny was watching the parade on our local cable station. Oh, right on. 
All right. Well, let's do this, folks. Let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We're, we're running a few minutes behind, but that's okay. And when we come back, we are going to be joined by Tony Laudetti. We'll give him a, a call uh, live here on the air, and we'll be talking to him about his career and about his projects and any, uh, and any upcoming projects. So with that said, don't go away, everyone. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, and we are back. For those of you that are just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rustina and Robert. 
Our phone number is 347-677-0699. In fact, I think I have the wrong screen up. <laughs> I wanted to put up a screen that has a number on it. <laughs> Where's that screen? There it is. 347-677-0699. Right up there. And um, our guest is going to be Tony Laudati. In fact, we're going to give him a call right now live here on the air. So let me pull up a phone line here. And for those of you that want to talk to him, give us a call. For all, all of uh, his friends and stuff like that, give us a call and let's uh, let's wrap about his career, shall we? All right. Let me dial him in here. Well, while you're dialing, it was funny. I told one of his uh, friends, one of the uh, Kung Fu fans, like, I don't even give anybody an option to be on our show anymore. I walk up to him and go, when are you going to do our show? <laughs> is, that, is that what <laughs> you did like, to Tony? Yes, that's exactly what I did to Tony. Says, when do you want me? That's when I talked to you, and I said, how about tomorrow? And he <laughs> said, oh, I've got this and this. Oh, I can take a break right around then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's interrupt him, shall we? Here we go. <laughs> yes, let's. Let's interrupt him. Hello there. How you doing, Lucita? Hey, how are you, Tony? How's it going? Great to hear your voice. Uh, I've been watching you on my screen. You look quite lovely today, and uh, I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. How's your day going? Really good. It, it, I guess it would be better if it wasn't as hot up here as it probably is. Like where where I don't even know where you are. Where is area code? <laughs> I am on the west side. Uh, right now, I am in West LA. I'm in an office, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today with you and with Robert. And I'm just honored to be on your show. Oh, thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Awesome. So, I want to remind our listeners about our phone number: three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. All of you friends out there, Tony, oh. let's let's get on. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Rustita. You had a question for Tony right off, didn't you? Yes, I did. Tony, how do you okay. feel last night? How do you feel you, last you night? Got it, you got it right. Tony Ladati. Oh! oh. <laughs> You've had I'm it right it. all along. <laughs> yeah. Yay, Awesome. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. So, um, I'll go ahead. let's go ahead and start. What we normally like to have our guests do is to give our listeners um, a little bit of a lowdown on the on their start of their careers. And um, you've been in the film industry quite a long time. So, can you tell yes, us about how you got, can you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in the film industry and, and how you started? Well, I have two brothers uh, who are also, like myself, into the arts. And when we were young, we were into puppets and marionettes. And then we got into monster makeup. We used to watch the old Universal Horror movies on uh, creature features on Saturday nights in New York. Uh, that turned into an interest in puppet animation, stop motion animation. And then um, I wound up going to film school in New York. Uh, SUNY Purchase is the school, State University of New York at Purchase. Um, and, and my specialty was uh, stop motion animation or puppet animation. After 
graduating from SUNY Purchase uh, a few years after I was hired at George Lucas's special effects facility up north, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, where I did uh, animation and puppet building. And, and I worked on movies like Cocoon, uh, Explorers, Young Sherlock Holmes, Howard the Duck. And then uh, I left Lucas and worked on the Gumby Company, uh, worked at, at the Gumby Company on the new Gumby TV show. This was, this was in the late 80s. And uh, at that point, I felt like I had enough of special effects and animation, and I, I felt I really wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to tell my own story. So I left special effects and just got a regular job at a hotel working in an office in L.A. Um, and just wrote screenplays. I really focused on writing screenplays for almost 10 years, um, and I wrote 10 screenplays. Uh, I didn't sell any. But my 10th screenplay was a female martial arts script, which at the time was called Chicks with Six. And I became so enamored with this screenplay that I I was determined to make the movie and direct the movie myself. So I spent four years uh, trying to raise the money. And of course, this was um, like 16, 17 years ago, shopping the script around. And I got the usual response was, well, this is an interesting story, but there are no strong male characters in the script. Where's your Jean-Claude Van Damme character? Where's your Steven Seagal character? And I said, well, it's a story about women. Women, you know, we don't need we don't need a Steven Seagal or a Jean-Claude Van Damme. This is a story that focuses on women. And um, in my efforts to attract financing, I produced some shorts some female martial arts shorts, which I put on the web. And um, these gentlemen in Las Vegas, these producers saw my shorts and said, hey, we have a live event happening at the MGM Grand. Uh, can you, if we pay you, can you come to Las Vegas and, and, and do a, and present a female martial arts uh, uh, show? And wow. I said, sure, that's great. And that is when I uh, partnered up with an extraordinary gentleman, uh, a, a master martial artist, choreographer, sensei, actor, filmmaker. His name is Terry Tenier. And Terry uh, and I have been working together uh, on Kung Fu Femmes for 13 years now. And Terry and I found four talented ladies, one who is a major stunt, stunt player, stunt person now. Uh, we did the show in, in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand, it was, and it was only supposed to be a one-time thing. But when we returned to Los, Los Angeles, I said, why don't we keep this going? Maybe we could become like the Pussycat Dolls of Martial Arts. We'll do these live shows. We'll perform at clubs, conventions, and festivals. And uh, maybe somehow or another that'll attract attention to my script and my movie, and I'll get my movie made. Well, we spent, uh, for the next several years, uh, we just focused on live shows. Uh, We had a troupe of uh, very talented, uh, stunning female martial artists, dancers, gymnasts, Mm -hmm. and other performers. And we were just doing live shows for several years. 
And then when YouTube came around, I thought, well, maybe I really am at heart a filmmaker. Um, maybe this is some way of revisiting the script. And I started the Kung Fu Fans web series, um, which uh, is really uh, based on what would come after the script. I didn't do any scenes from the actual script in the web series. I figured the web series will begin where the script leaves off. And Kung Fu Fans, uh, the storyline is basically that Las Vegas is now run by the Chinese Mafia. Just as the Italians ran Las Vegas in the 50s, now the Chinese Mafia have taken over Las Vegas. And to attract people to their casinos, they have these very um, flamboyant female martial arts kung fu shows uh, mm-hmm. in the casinos. And... Um, and the shows are sexy and, 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 you know, just extraordinary to watch, but they're also very dangerous. And they, re, and the, the monsters recruit these girls who, who they, they find on the street or, or in jail. And they say, look, you know, you can make a lot of money, but it's dangerous, you know, cause the, the fights are choreographed, but secretly the monsters know some of these girls are so uh, emotionally dis, uh, troubled that the fights will be, will become you know the real thing, and that's what they're mm-hmm. anticipating. And uh, one of the students, one of the girls that are brought in is a girl named Tyler, who is the lead character of the series. She becomes uh, a female a fighter, and then she ultimately she becomes the leader of the troop. But she's trying to get her girls through this like indentured service where the girls can make money and do these shows and not get killed. And that's the basis of the script and also the web series. And the, um, the lead role of Tyler in the web series, we've done 10 webisodes. We've completed the web series. The lead role of Tyler is played by an absolutely amazing, talented, and just wonderful lady named Michelle Tomlinson. And Michelle mm-hmm. Tomlinson has been working with Terry and myself playing Tyler in the Comfort Friends web series uh, since 2008. It's been a nine-year odyssey. And last night we had a screening of all 10 webisodes back-to-back. Michelle was there, Robert was there, Terry was there, a whole bunch of people were there. And we just had a great time, uh, you know, watching all 10 webisodes on a big screen at the Martial Arts History Museum, courtesy of Michael Matsuda, to whom I am most grateful. And, um, yeah, so for the last um, um, 12 years, we've been productive in both live shows and in videos on YouTube. We have a Kung Fu Femmes YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, however, we, we stopped doing live shows about five years ago. We, we, we did live shows for eight years, and we, um, we did about 50 live shows. We did a few more shows in Las Vegas. We did a show up in Sacramento, but mainly in Southern California. But they weren't proving to be cost-effective, and I thought, well, maybe we should just focus on the videos right now. Because at one time, at one point, we were doing both. We were doing the videos, and we were doing the live shows. Every Saturday, Terry and I would meet this troop of girls, and Terry and 
his wonderful uh, part, tra- trainers, uh, Biddy Bates and Casey Suji, would train these girls. Because some of them uh, didn't know martial arts, or, or some of them were master martial artists, and some of them were still kind of new. Terry and his partners would train them, and then they would create the choreography. And all I did really was create, try to create scenarios in which Terry would, in, would in, inject his ingenious uh, choreography. So, um, but in addition to the Kung Fu Films web series, which we've now completed, we started a web series based on The Godfather, and it's called The Goddaughter. And we've done two webisodes of that series. Uh, the concept of The Goddaughter is that before he died, Michael Colleone, if you recall the character from, uh, from The Godfather played by Mike Al Pacino, has another daughter. He follows another daughter just before he dies, whether it's house uh, made and she grows up and returns having grown up in Sicily she returns to Los Angeles trying to restore the greatness to the Colleone legacy and wow. uh, another another series we started uh, is based on the Mr. Moto Japanese detective uh, series that starred Peter Lorre. I don't know, most people under 50, I don't even know who Peter Lorre is. I don't know if they, I don't believe they know who Peter Lorre is, but he was in Casablanca and Marcus Falcon. Well, Peter Lorre started in his own Japanese detective series, and he was just as popular as James Bond back in the late 30s, and the, and the series was called Mr. Murto. Well, mm-hmm. I've started a web series, and we've only done one episode thus far, but we'll, we're going to get on to episode two in the fall, that follows the concept that Mr. Moto's great-great-granddaughter uh, decides to follow in his footsteps and also be a, a detective, and her name is Miss Moto. So we have the Miss Moto series. And lastly, now our most our next project is going to be based on the Dirty Harry series, and it's called Dirty Marty. It's about the estranged daughter of Harry Callahan. Her name is uh, Martine Callahan. And so we've been busy, and uh, we're having a great time. And, uh, yeah, it, it, we're, we're, we're grateful to our fans for all their wonderful support. That's awesome. Wow. That is so cool. Well, it was funny last night, Tony, when, when uh, I was talking to Terry. And I, right, I looked yeah. at him and said, so, so, Terry, what's your background? He looks me in the eye and says, oh, Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, meant, I said, no, your martial background, not your ethnicity. Uh. <laughs> well, of well, course, I'm not rusty. I've, I've got to give it to Terry because he has two kids, very newborn, and, and, oh, and yeah. has not had a lot of sleep lately. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Adorable little girl. Um, he has a beautiful wife named Anastasia, who is also a very uh, a super talented act, actor. And and Anastasia is also she's in two webisodes of Country Femmes, episode eight and nine. And Terry uh, is a master of all forms of martial arts, but he created his own system called Kiryu Kento. Uh, and he's an extraordinary teacher and trainer. Uh, women love working with Terry. I mean, they all do because he's so gentle and patient. And uh, he is the most amazing choreographer I have ever worked with. I've worked with a few, a few others, but he's, he's 
the most amazing because he can come up with choreography so quickly. There was one instance where I, we needed a sword fight in 10 minutes, you know, for a live show. We, we, he, he just had to come up with a sword fight and the choreography in 10 minutes, and he did it. He said, okay, well, let's do this and do that and do the other thing. And yeah, so it's been a wonderful part, uh, relationship with Terry, and, uh, and we're going to keep going. On. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I have to interject for just one second. So, Bob, what's going on on your end, man? It sounds like you're uh-huh. <laughs> dropping pots of pans. Uh, nothing. I, I just muted my mic. Oh, okay. Well, earlier. Pots <laughs> and pans. Yeah. <laughs> earlier, I don't know because you know, I was hearing feedback from your side because I muted your mic and it was gone, but nobody else hears yeah. it but me, so it's mine. Yeah. Good to talk to you, Bob. Great seeing you last night, too. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. It was a, we had a blast. Yeah. We had a blast. They had food, they had empanadas, they had chips, they had Cokes and waters, and it was great. We had a total blast. I wish there had been more people there, but we were all family that uh, was there. America's was there. Michelle Mon and Michelle Tomlinson. Uh, we knew a couple people that had been actually on our show that were in the episodes. Uh, uh, Toy Lay, which plays oh yeah, uh, the main she, she yeah. plays she plays Seafield Kira, and Toy Lay is an is just uh, just the most fabulous person to work with. She's an incredible actor, martial artist. She's also a filmmaker. Um, I can't say enough things about Toy. You know, she's just incredible to work with. Oh, and I didn't. You should see her. Her sword work was pretty decent, Rusty. Oh, yeah, nice. real good. Yeah, I, I, I'm confident it is. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Toy is awesome. Toy Lay is yeah, awesome. totally awesome. And of course, yeah. we had uh, a friend of ours, uh, Kimo Kiyoki, was was in the webisode. Oh yeah, he played uh, a sushi chef. And yeah, he, really? He was a get. Yeah, he was a guest get a uh, guest co-host about three years ago on our show. Yeah, wow. uh, Timo actually directed a Kung Fu Femmes video in which I, I just turned the reins over to Kimo. I, I gave, uh, he took one of our female performers and he found a male performer, and they did a more dance-oriented um, uh, uh, Kung Fu video um, called So Cold. It's on the Kung Fu Femmes YouTube channel. It's so told, directed and choreographed by Kino Kiyoke. And by the way, nice. Troy Lay is, is in Kung Fu Femme's webisode 7, if you want to see, specifically see her performance. Uh, she plays Chito Kira, and it's like a dream sequence. Oh, nice. Okay. I'll look that up. Well, after well see, the problem with last night was they ran all of them through because they ran so smoothly between. I didn't know what numbers were where. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was one long episode, and there were oh. ten of them, ten about ten minutes apiece. It was really cool. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, I just got, I just got, huh? <clears throat> I just got a message that somebody tried calling four or five times since we brought mm. Tony on, and um, we say no connection. What? That makes no sense. Okay. Um, let's see here. Hold on, folks. <laughs> Hold that on. makes no sense at all because you called me. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Possibly. I'm gonna, maybe they transposed a couple numbers. 
maybe I don't know. I'm gonna I have to try something real quick. So pardon the uh, pardon the intrusion here, folks. But let me. I'm gonna try calling on my phone. This, this is why we have issues live, Tony, because we have uh, okay. technical difficulties. Yeah, and I gotta t- and you yeah, and usually she's a technical difficulty. Okay. Yes, I gotta tell you, I work in a technical field, but I am the most untech. I am the most untechnical person working in a technical field, and I've been faking it for seventeen years. See, <laughs> my wife has yeah. been faking it a lot longer than that. Apparently, <laughs> my phone connected. <laughs> yeah, you're connected. Yeah. My phone. Connected. So let me go ahead and give the number again. It is three four seven. Six seven seven zero six nine nine, folks. It's three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Six seven seven zero six nine nine. Three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. If one of those, if um, one of those uh, is wrong, then uh, it's not going to work. But my phone went all the way through. through. Right. Yeah, Yeah, it went through. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on. I'll uh, bring the mic yeah. over here to Bob, and he gets to ask the next question. Okay. What kind of uh, I, I love when she puts me on the spot like that. That is so cool. <laughs> 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 she, she, she's like, here, it's yours. Uh, it's yours. Oh, Tony, what was the, right? <laughs> right. What, what was the audition process like? And the selection process with the, with your. Uh, by actors and actresses. Well, when okay. Kung Fu Femmes, when, when Kung Fu Femmes was a live show troupe, um, I would mainly turn uh, the ladies who were auditioning over to Terry, and he would, you know, run them through some drills. He'd say, "Show me some kicks, show me some punches." Uh, he would check them for flexibility, for endurance. Uh, and then I I chat with them for a few minutes because yeah, I could feel out their personality. Is this person going to be fun to work with? Or, you know, is she or maybe not? Um, um, as far as the videos, what I do is I I like to look at reels. You know, I am looking for. Okay. Um, I have to say right now right now I am looking for strong actors, uh, and um, sometimes that's more advantageous. Than someone who is a master black belt, because we've had black belts um, who are extraordinary when they are punching and kicking, but they don't know what to do with them themselves when they're not punching and kicking. And certainly oh, for film right. work, certainly right. for film work, you want people who are compelling and convincing on camera. So oftentimes we will bring in a stunt double to um, to do some of the more complicated fighting, um, but. Uh, we do. I, I have worked with a lot of very talented female martial artists who are also, you know, very good actors. Uh, primarily, the, the first one that comes to my mind is Amy, Amy Johnson. Amy Johnson is a new action star who is who has just come out in two movies that she stars in. Uh, one being Lady Bloodfight. Uh, which is now available on Blu-ray and DVD, uh, which is a remake of the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie uh, Bloodsport. 
And uh, it's a re-envisioning of it with a female lead, Amy Johnson, and she's spectacular in that movie. And and now she's uh, uh, now we can see her in a a second movie called Female Fight Squad, and it's a completely uh, unique story written by a, 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 a very very talented writer named Anastasia Davis, who I had the pleasure of having coffee with. Um, about a week ago, uh, she wrote the script. Uh, the movie was directed by Miguel Ferrer, Ferrer and uh, both the, both really terrific movies. I think Amy Johnson is the the new female um, Jean Claude Van Damme, or possibly you know the new Cynthia Rothrock. But also, I work with um, a very you know just a fabulous performer named Gabby Alcazar, who is a dancer, a marsh black belt, and a very excellent uh, actor, um, so, uh, Carly Sané, Lin Shao Zhang, Natalie Goodwin, um, you know, just so many wonderful uh, performers. And I would say Sherry and I have probably worked with at least a hundred ladies during that period when we were a live show troupe, you know, doing shows and and and, and whatnot. So it's been quite an experience. Nice. Oh, very cool. Well, you you remember the movie, La- uh, not Last Dragon, The Dragon with Jason Scott Lee. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The the story Bruce of Bruce story. Lee. Yeah, Jason Scott Lee. Right. Yeah, well, Jason Scott Lee. Yeah. yeah. One thing that that and you touched on this. One thing Jerry Potete said in an interview was it was easier to take to take an actor and mm-hmm. teach him martial arts than it was a martial artist and teach him how to act. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, when you think of the movie Kill Bill, the Kill Bill. Kill Bill Volume Volume One and Two. I mean, Uma Thurman, you know, makes that movie compelling, you know. And then, you know, of course, they trained her for, you know, three months uh, in basic martial arts. So I think she got up to a level where she was just good enough. And then they brought Zoe Bell in, I believe that's the name, Zoe mm-hmm. Bell, to do all the stunt uh, double work. Mm-hmm. But, um, wow! Yeah, but it's, the camera. Is, what you said is that you know it is it is easier um, to to take an an actor and make him look like martial artists because like I I very 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 briefly for only about two years I taught uh, uh, fighting for film here in Seattle oh. at the inner film school with uh, Dave Boucher and oh my gosh it was so much easier <clears throat> to to teach people that had no experience in martial arts, you know, how to look mm. like, you know, Sue or, you know, the, the broader dude in the bar or something right. other than some artist that mm. has all these habits and, you know, and can't look natural. <laughs> right. 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 I'm just, you guys can do this. Come on, you guys, you guys can do this. And, but it was, it was, it was tough. And, mm-hmm. you know, David always said that too. And uh, right, sure if you could just get these yeah. guys to score, that'll be fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> 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 well, I think 
I think the difference is, you know, in competition, you want your moves to be really fast and you want to hurt your opponent. On film or on stage, you want to be just the opposite. You want your moves to be big and broad so the audience can see them. And you most definitely do not want to hurt the person you're you're fighting. You know, like, hurt so, the talent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the talent whatsoever. So, yeah. um, how did how did you guys come upon the the titles, Chicks with Sticks, Kung Fu Femmes? Was it just something that sounded cool well, while you were, while you were developing the idea? I mean, that is really cool, Chicks with Sticks. Oh, I mean. Well, I, I, <laughs> I um I got so much I caught so much flack for that 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 name you know people thought it was offensive to women in the script originally in the original script the girls do a lot of fighting with staffs and sticks and um, and one reason I I chose those weapons is because I knew I could make rubber replicas and they could swing these rubber sticks and staffs at each other and hopefully no one would get hurt. So I thought, well, six or six would be a cool foul. But um, then uh, I, I, got, I, got, I caught so much flack for that title. I said, well, you know, maybe I should come up with a, a classier name. And I saw a T-shirt that said Awesome Femmes on it one day. And, you know, I guess Awesome Femmes is a, uh, or Violent Femmes is, is, a, is a band, a rock band. And I thought, well, how about Kung Fu Femmes? And mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of stuck. But it's ironic now if you Google search uh, Chicks for Six, there are all these women clubs and cigar clubs and baseball clubs and pool clubs and all of them named Chicks with Six. So, you know, go figure. Yeah, and as, I, I guess as long as there are pictures of the chicks with sticks or stogies or bats or whatever, yeah. no one's going to bat an yeah. eye. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I I was I was gonna kind of like go into that and go, you know, Tony, I bet you got some flack for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I would have saw yeah. the title, I'm like, I want to see this. This is that. That's what I would do. <laughs> I want to see this. But then again, you know, mm-hmm. artist. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're I, a stick fighter. Go figure. You're I'm a chicken stick. Stick. <laughs> I, I think I think I think there is a hockey team called Chicks with Sticks, actually. Uh, oh, is that? And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, how? Just out yeah. of curiosity, how mm-hmm. how often do the gals um, did the gals meet practice? I mean, because that's well. Tough. When, <laughs> when we were alive, when we were alive, so true. We were practicing at least at least once a week. Um, there was a period for I think a year where we were actually meeting uh, twice a week. Uh, during the week, uh, we would meet either in a park in uh, North Hollywood, or when the wet, or when winter came around and everything and the grass was wet and soggy, I would rent space in a dance studio and we, and they, we would rehearse in a dance studio. And that that got pretty expensive, you know, every week or twice a week, you know, rehearsing in a dance studio. Uh, fortunately, I, I, I make a steady living in reality television. I'm, a, I'm an assistant editor and steady work. So uh, somehow or another, and I, I live in a rent control apartment, so that also helps. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, but we would uh, rehearse once, at least once, sometimes twice a week. 
sometimes in the evening before the show, and uh, Terry would just, you know, completely run the rehearsal, and, you know, I think short, about a year after we started doing the live shows, initially we, we would meet just to rehearse, but... Mm-hmm. Black Belt Magazine had a um, had their first festival. It was oh god, 2005 at Universal City, and Kung Fu, Fu Femmes performed three shows at that. And Terry uh-huh. was, we were relatively happy with the shows, but but Terry said, you know what? The problem is these girls need training. You know, they they're all martial artists but they're not trained the way I think they should be trained. So we started mm-hmm. turning the rehearsals into not just rehearsals, but also a training session. So half the, mm-hmm. half the rehearsal time would be, half the, half the time of the session would be basic training with Terry and his partners training the girls. And then the other half would be devoted to practicing the routines that Terry would choreograph. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. a lot of work and uh, got pretty expensive, you know, old, you know, with costumes and props and yeah. studio space and uh, and always food. You know, I'm Italian, so I always like to have a lot of food around. And, and, nice. Uh, but um, but it was a great period, and I really I loved it. Uh, but after eight years and fifty shows, I felt like, well, maybe we should maybe focus on the videos. We we have more control. And right. um, you know you can you can you can if something doesn't look right you can you can do it again and choose, mm-hmm. you know choose a different angle and that type of thing. Yeah, well, fifty shows—that's a long run. That's, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for, for Las Vegas, you know, I mean, because y'all know how it is in Las Vegas, folks. You know, oh, the show yeah. doesn't, you, don't, you don't do it again. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know, 50 shows, I mean, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Now, <clears throat> now regarding the training, um, was mm-hmm. there ever a situation where someone you know had gotten injured and you'd have to go, oh my gosh, we have to do this show without this person, or we have to find somebody? Well, um, we have. You know, there were a few injuries. Um, usually, not before. I mean, we we had, did have a couple of occasions where someone would drop out of the show, and then we have to quickly recast that person um we i am always uh very concerned my my foremost concern is safety and uh we never perform with real weapons uh i've Mm -hmm. developed uh, a technique of building rubber swords rubber staffs rubber sticks rubber uh, nunchuckers um i've got my own method of using nylon rod and, and foam rubber and in the case of swords, a silver mylar, or, or sometimes you take a golf club and you cut the head off and then you've got this nice long stem that you can use for like a straight sword, like a Chinese sword. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, whenever possible, I would take down a half-inch rubber mat onto the, the stage floor or, or the floor of the set that was a performing and um you know I, I i do everything i can to prevent injuries i mean sometimes no matter what you do maybe someone will get hurt there right. was one occasion where we were kind of forced to perform on concrete which i always tried to fight and we did put a thin mat over it 
but still one of my male performers who was very conf, you know, confident you know, of himself and his ability decided to do a somersault. And when he landed, he, he fractured something in his vertebrae. And he was, after the show, the girls came to me and, and said, something's wrong with this guy. And I said, I come on, what's wrong? And, and he was hunched over in pain. And, and it took him a year for his, his back to recover, which is why I, I, I scratch my head. I see all these young martial arts filmmakers doing all, the, all these fights on cement and taking all these risks. And I said, my God, you got to be careful because you can crash something and then you may never be the same again. So well, yeah, um, safety, safety is my foremost concern. Good, good. I've noticed that too, that some uh, uh, like youngsters will, will do, you know, films, you know, on their phone or whatever uh, for YouTube mm. and stuff. Um, and um, out of them, you know, doing like XMA, uh, nothing against mm-hmm. extreme martial arts, you know, but speaking mm-hmm. and, and, you know, luckily a lot of these um, productions turn out okay and no one like fell on their head. Mm-hmm. But on the other right. hand, you know, just seeing some of the stuff these guys are doing, like, like parkour mm-hmm. with martial arts, basically, and on concrete mm-hmm. and jumping off right. the it's like, oh my god, <laughs> man! Right, man. Have you ever looked at that and going, how aren't they breaking something? How aren't they sma- How how aren't they cracking their head open? That's because oh, yeah. twenty. Absolutely. It's the same thing with skateboarders. I see these young guys on their skateboards in Venice Beach, and they take these tumbles on hard concrete, and they get back up again. It's like, my god, what are they made out of? You know. <laughs> Cat, raw right. iron steel, I mean, God. Now, you and I were discussing it last night, Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. You could, We could definitely tell how you had to cheat the camera a little more for someone because they're all, all okay actors and all had athletic prowess mm-hmm. about them. But you could tell mm-hmm. who was really trained mm-hmm. and who was still coming up and working on things. Like like the two Michelles, Michelle Martin and Michelle Tomlin, Tomlinson oh, yeah. and... Poilet looked amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. They looked incredible. Oh, and Michelle Manu was scary, Rusty, as well as we know her. Yeah. She was was scary. Yeah. With that makeup, and she just looked (laughs) mean. Yeah. Like when when she tapped me in the jaw. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say something about Michelle Manu. She is a just the most glorious, vivacious, oh yeah, amazingly talented martial artist, actor, uh, and just an overall just a wonderful person to be around all the time. Michelle has just this vibrant personality, and she plays the role, you know. That is completely the opposite of her. She plays a, a character called the Finisher, who is this cold, deadly assassin, <laughs> and oh, wow. she plays it so. She is so uh, just kind of scary oh, yeah. uh, as this character who who has this big sword and she's about to chop someone's head off, and she uh, believes that she she can do it, you know, without any uh, hesitation. So uh, yeah, Michelle Manu is just, is no just uh, 
And she's a darling. She's just a darling person to know. Oh, she's a sweetheart. I love Michelle. Uh, I love her yeah, we love her to death. Yeah, I mean, she's been a co-host, a guest co-host on the show. She's been a guest on our show. But I do have a question. I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad we brought up Michelle. Now, if something happens to a talent like Michelle, because mm-hmm. she has now this new new tattoo, how do you oh. fit that back in? Let's say you had a picture of their of her upper back, and all of a sudden there's ink on it now. What oh, do you okay. do? Well, I guess that's when you bring in a body makeup artist. You know, I, I don't understand why some okay. young actors get their bodies tattooed because what if they have to do a period film and they have to have their shirt off? So then they have to hire a body makeup artist to cover all that up. But, um, I mean, even when you think of The Rock, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson, you know, half of his, he's got one of his peckers all tattooed. It's like... Well, that's fine, but, you know, what if he wants to play Hercules again or something? I, well, I guess probably for Hercules, they covered it up with makeup, but, um, right. yeah. But look, I mean, yeah, look at somebody like Danny Trejo. His whole mm-hmm. bump, his whole chest and stomach is covered in tats, but that's yeah. his trademark now, right? Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter with him. But you're right, if The Rock yeah. wanted to go back and do a sequel to something he did before his tech was tatted. Now he's got to worry about makeup, and then yeah, and yeah. then once he starts to sweat, while he's mm-hmm. doing his stunts, the makeup starts to run. Then they've got to redo yeah, it. Right. Now you're talking time and money. Now the director's right. getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My advice to actors is, if you're serious about acting, don't get tattoos. You know, <laughs> unless maybe a little one, like um, you know, on your shoulder or something. You know, but uh, don't tattoo half your body. Right, I, I like was just that one, like that one Michelle Tomlinson hat. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if see I saw her because she was wearing that sleeveless uh, shirt oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. she was wearing last night, and I mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure if that was a real tat or you guys had drawn it on. <laughs> no, that, the, the round tattoo on her shoulder. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I believe that's a real tattoo. At least it's oh, been it on there for a I long, long it, time. She had it last night. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, it was a lot of fun, you know, at the last. And I was asking Rusty because somebody had a knife to Michelle's throat, safe, uh-huh. safe side oh. up towards the throat. And I was asking her, like, whose idea was that? Because yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing I picked up on, the back of the blades at her throat. Yeah. yeah. That was that was my decision. I mean, the blade was dull, and we had a rubber. We had a rubber knife for for the far shots, the wide shots. But for the close up, um, we had a we had uh, Anna Yasin, who played that character, Ayo, another just uh, amazing actor. Um, Anna held the knife against Michelle's throat. But I, I specifically told her to hold it with the edge away from the throat because even though the knife is dull, you know, if she trips or something, she's got this knife right at Michelle's throat. You know, I was going to have her uh, take, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I will sacrifice uh, believability in the interest of safety, you know. Um, right. In some of my of course, videos, yeah. you might be able to see the mat on the floor or you might be able to see that it's actually a rubber sword, but... As far as I'm concerned, you know, these are YouTube videos, and, you know, I don't want to – I have had to sit with a couple of performers in the emergency room. You know, one performer broke her toe, 
another performer strained her ankle, and uh, it's no fun. And as the producer, it's your job to um, see them through this and and help them through it. And uh, so that's why uh, I do everything I can to avoid injuries. No, okay. because you have so many so many rubber props and things like that, Tony. What, yes. How long is post production typically? Because now you're talking fully work and things like yes. that. How long does it take after everything's shot to do post on it? Oh my God! Uh, the most recent webisode, which was webisode ten, it, it's hard to, to say in terms of time because I work full time as an assistant editor. I work ten to twelve hours a day, sometimes longer. So that leaves maybe a couple of hours early, early in the morning and weekends. But I would say uh, Kung Fu Friends Webisode 10 probably took oh. at least four months. And I'm an editor. I'm, I'm wow. you know, I'm completely versed in in the Avid editing system, and I do all the sound. I do all the sound effects. I do, you know, I put, I, I choose the music tracks which I download from my royalty-free music website, you know, and that means listening to dozens and dozens of different tracks and thinking, well, maybe for this scene or this moment, what's the right music cue? And, yeah, I would right. say overall at least four months of, of just straight cutting. And, oh, very and, good. Now, you know, Tony, we, we do have a couple callers, and this one okay. I want to bring on specifically. Let, let's bring uh-huh. her mic up. Michelle, you did not hear the nice things we were saying about you, did you? Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Okay, okay. Because they were horrible things. We didn't say anything nice about you at all. <laughs> well, I would assume so, Bob. It is you after all, Mr. I, I have me. You always have two people come up to me and tell me about the last comment you made of, oh, Michelle loves wood. Yesterday. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Michelle, Manu, getting yeah. You are right. Great to hear your voice, Michelle. Hello. Hey. What Thanks a great for joining. I, I did tell that story, Michelle. I'm sorry. I know you did, because otherwise people wouldn't come up to me and say, "Oh, you love wood." <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I do um, I want to bring up this other one to see um, if there are any questions. Yes, or please. Yes, All right. So area area code 682, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Area code 682. Hello. Hi, 682. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's Area code 682. Area code 682. Area code 682. Did they hang up? Hello. Sounds like they hung up. Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to. 682. 682. Who's. He won't answer. He's messing with you. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Oh, now you do. Hello? Hello? Can you George. can you hear us now? <laughs> Is this George? Can you, can you hear us? I know. I can hear you. 
Okay, I read Now we can hear you. All right. Welcome, welcome okay. aboard. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. We have uh, Kumu Vibram Jalmanu with us and uh, our special guest, Tony Laudati, with us. And uh, hey, do you have any questions or comments for for Tony or Michelle? Uh, well, for Tony, um, when I heard that he was going to be on the, uh, the, the, the show, I looked up a couple of his, uh, his web shows or his, his uh, his programs. Mm-hmm. The okay. first one I pulled up was the, I guess the second one. Hmm. Uh-huh. All right. The, the number two or whatever it, it, it comes up on, on YouTube. Oh, what is that too? Yes. Yeah. All right. To be honest, the the I guess the so-called martial arts that the girls were doing in there were um, almost laughable. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You you have you have to watch that particular one. All right, because I looked at the other ones. The other ones, your martial arts were awesome, and the the the, the, the weapons they were using were were did great. But that particular one, though, you'd see like uh, she'd do she'd start a kick, and then you'd have a close up on the girl's back, and the foot would hit her in the back. Mm. And then you'd see her yeah. react to it. You know, it was sort of a piecemeal, you know, scenes back and forth to do an actual fight scene. Yeah, that was one of the early ones. I think I. I, and I placed that solely on me. I I think I was just getting started um, doing these videos and learning learning how to work with Terry and the choreography. One of the things that changed for sure was when I had the wisdom to just hand the camera over to Terry. So Terry shoots all of our fight sequences. I, I do have a second camera that I also shoot with. So Terry will be the A camera and I will be the B camera. And then also, too, I invite Terry into the editing room with me to help choose the best takes and the best uh, the best places to cut. So that's the difference. Before then, I, I, I guess I smugly and uh, dopely thought that I could, because I was a filmmaker, I could just do it myself. But not being a real martial artist myself, even though I did, I did study karate years ago for about six months, but I never got past a, a, a white belt. Um, I, I always, uh, when I do a fight scene, I always let Terry uh, direct the, the fight scene. He creates the choreography. He directs the actors. And he is the um, he, he 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 films with uh, the main camera, and then I have a secondary camera that I use to get you know other angles. While he's so we're both shooting at the same time, and I'll be getting an angle maybe up above or down below, while Terry will be shooting straight on. So yeah, I I, I definitely appreciate your comment about weather show too. Plus, we were working with um, uh, another actress. Uh, another actor named Vicky Gertis, who is very compelling in the role, uh, but I don't believe she had any martial arts training. So it's sort of um, okay. it's a trade-off sometimes. You know, you want good acting. You want the martial arts to be compelling. And sometimes it's it's, it's just very difficult to find someone who's, who's good at both. But then again, I myself, as a, filmmaker, as a martial arts filmmaker, was very, very green back then. That was, I think, down in 2010. 
Oh, no, not and even I, that. 2009, yeah, 2009. And if I could just interject a little bit, as someone who's taught uh, people, you know, how to uh, do uh, martial arts for film with no experience, mm. um, it's hard. It's it's hard teaching mm-hmm. stunt people, people that are learning how to be stunt people, George, how to um, be a martial artist if they've never done it. Um mm-hmm. Then, then the acting comes in, and if they know what the martial arts, it's, it's, so it goes back and forth like that. So, you know, but in the case of, you know, this particular series, you know, um, I've only seen a few, a uh, few of the webisodes, and uh, mm-hmm. for the series itself, you know, I don't remember if I saw two or not, maybe three, I don't remember, but for the series itself, if if it was laughable, quote unquote, then I would gather it. It went with the feel of the of that particular episode, if that makes sense. So, you know. Okay. But but now with that said, Russell, I'm glad you said it that way. I want Tony, can you break down what needs to be done with an actress with no experience? Because you've got the sun coordinating, you've got the physical, you've got the cheating, you've got the camera angles that are supposed to be done in a way where it makes it look like they make contact. <laughs> Tell us about the elements on putting a fight scene together, please. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, generally, the process would be to – it would depend on the fight scene, how involved the fight scene is, because sometimes it would be a long fight sequence. Sometimes it would be short. For me, as a filmmaker, the important thing is the story and the characters. I don't want the story to stop uh, in the interest of a fight scene. The fights, the fights have to serve the story and not the other yeah. way around. I mean, there are lots and lots of martial arts guys doing videos where there is no story. It's just two people meet in the park, they face each other, they look <laughs> badass, and they fight. Um, and there have been so many videos shot in the park. Um, uh, you know, there's a play, musical called Sunday in the Park with George, I've I've often said someone should do fight scene in the park with George. Um, but, not you, um, George. That's the name of the yeah. thing. Not you. It's not you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Not not you, George. Wrong George. No. You know the um, um But yeah. um, generally, I would uh, arrange some rehearsals with Terry uh, and the actors and the ladies, and um, he would you know create the choreography and just you know train train them in the choreography and work with them. And, um, and then when Terry felt it was, you know, sufficiently uh, adequate to, we were sufficiently ready to film. Obviously time is also an element because these young actors, they've got, they've always got like dozens of projects they're working on and trying to get them to take a little time to, you know, work on one thing can sometimes be very difficult because they, they want, and also they want to be dancers, they want to be singers or in a band, you know, and they've got their own film projects they're doing. So, so a lot of it is the time element. Uh, usually I, I, I would try to have at least uh, two rehearsals with Terry and the actors, and then we'll film it. And then it's just a matter of using the filmmaking to overcome whatever inadequacies Sometimes we speed the action up. Sometimes cutting can help. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, just 
choosing a different angle, which is why it's great shooting with, with two or sometimes three cameras. You know, if one angle doesn't work, you can go to another angle. Uh, but generally, um, we we have a video um, called Ang- Angering the Gods, and that video stars Amy Johnson, who, as I said, is the new action, the, the new female action star. And uh, and she is superb in that video. If you would watch Angering the Gods, uh, Amy is a master uh, martial artist, and you'll I think you'll be amazed at what she does in that video and other videos. If you look at Amy Johnston uh, on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's kind of a compromise. I um, I'm trying to do complete videos that have interesting stories. You know, compelling characters and and an amazing martial arts, and you know, you with each project, you know, it's a little different. You know, sometimes with the goddaughter, you know, the character isn't really a martial artist, but she can take care of business. Whereas um, in something like uh, the Kung Fu Fan series or or Angry in the Gods, uh, then then the highlight is the martial arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very right. cool, Tony. Uh, you know, you're, you're, the hour you want to spend with us just got shot to hell because we have another caller. Oh, Rusty, can we bring oh, another okay. caller, please? Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. That is, oh, wait, the 270 didn't press 1. So for anyone that calls, if you would like to speak live with us and uh, our special guest, please press 1 so that way we know that you're in the caller queue. So until that one presses one. <laughs> we'll and now they press one. See how that works? <laughs> right. There, go. there we go. Area code two seven zero two seven zero. You're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Hey, it's Janie. Hey Janie, I actually, hey, hey, I'm good. <laughs> I was actually just listening because you guys were a little choppy on the live feed and it was a little difficult to hear, so I thought I'd just call and listen in. I didn't realize you guys would see me on the on the board. Oh, we see everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's just what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> cool beans. Um, well, actually, I was interested on wanting to know where I was able to view this film that he. Was it Kung Fu Sam? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, if you go on YouTube and do a search for. Kung Fu Femmes, you will discover our Kung Fu Femmes YouTube channel. And Kung Fu Femmes is um, not just a movie, not just a video, but it is basically an entity that has produced both live shows and, and videos for the web. And you can see us all, see it, you can see all of our videos and, and one-minute compilations of our live shows um, on on our YouTube channel, which is which is Kung Fu Femmes. Oh, okay, awesome. I'll have to check Thank that you out. Thank you for your interest. Tony, uh, Janie is a very, very accomplished martial artist. Mm-hmm. All right. Extremely oh, accomplished. Look me oh, well, up on uh, Facebook, Janie, and send me a friend request. I'd love to check out what, you, what you're up to. Yes, sir. Uh, that'd be great. I want to talk to Michelle for a second. Michelle, okay. what was it like doing Kung Fu Femmes with your experience? Because you're a, an extremely, extremely talented martial artist. 
Uh, my job still remembers you uh, <laughs> from a hit it took a couple of years ago. Uh, how was it working with the crew and, and doing what you needed to do? Because you were the one with the, all the makeup that, that took hours to do. How was that? Well, at first, I think, you know, Bob, you like me today. So what's going on? <laughs> that, that's the day don't get a big head. <laughs> well, you know, I don't. So I arrived at, I think it was the same the day before I flew in from Chicago after teaching 16 classes in two and a half days. And so oh, I was exhausted. So I, oh. when I got home, um, I unpacked my stuff from teaching all my weapons, and then I packed for Kung Fu Femmes, which really, I didn't really know that we were going to be in such a warm environment, but it didn't matter. So I had a tank top on mm. it anyway. But uh, my call time was earlier because I did have to sit in the chair with a makeup artist. I had no idea what she was going to do to me. It was uh, just sit down and let her work. And I, anything Tony asked me to do, I, I, was, I will do it <laughs> you know, then and now. <laughs> And so oh. um, I think I was in the makeup chair about two hours and 15 minutes. Mm. And um, wow. then everyone started to arrive. Uh, Tony is truly amazing. He is a one-man show. He literally brings craft foods for us. Uh, I mean, the craft service. He picks all mm. of that up before he comes to the location, sets up all the lighting and, you know, the location, covering pictures, adding pictures. Um, getting the furniture ready. And I watched all of that while I was sitting in the, the makeup chair. And then uh, once we started filming, it was, uh, you know, Tony just moved us through. He was so great that he even let Michelle Tomlinson leave and had a stand-in for her. And mm-hmm. it was just, you know, in sequence. He's very organized, very purposeful. He knows already oh. where he wants the cameras. And He's just a delight, you know. I mean, oh, I, he was working with professionals too, so everyone knew to be quiet on set. There wasn't any kind of uh, craziness that set us back, but it still ended up being like a 16 to 18 hour day. Um, wow. You know, by the time I arrived, I was the first to arrive and I was the last to leave. Tony was still there, obviously. He's the very last to leave, but out of all the cast, and it was just a great day. I mean, it could have gone on another four or five hours, and I would have been okay. Um, nice. It's a delight to work with everyone and work oh, with Tony and see him in action. And, you know, the sword, I did have a real sword, but, I mean, he also makes these rubber weapons that look identical to what we use on screen. So, you know, he really is about safety, which is really nice. And, you know, before, that whole scene about me getting shot in the forehead, my uh-huh. big old forehead, <laughs> um, he's like, Michelle, put the mat down. And I was like, no, you don't understand if you put the mat down. And he was quite insistent in a very <laughs> loving way. But I was like, if you put the mat down, I will hurt myself. I am used to oh. falling on asphalt and wood. And <laughs> so I was really um, lucky that he didn't insist any further and allow me to slide onto the wood floor and act like I got shot in the head. Um, because I'm not used to mats, you know. So it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Oh, I think all you. of the actors were very, um, they weren't Hollywood. They were very real. And yeah. um, Tony himself is like with this last caller, the laughable comment. I wanted to interject, but at the same time, you know, I know that Tony can handle it. And um, I uh, just look at how graceful he handled that, you know, and he's not, oh. you know, for someone to say only took karate for six months. And, then, you know, and he's a filmmaker, but he loves women and showing their strength and their power and, and I appreciate that, and I, w- I was so grateful to be asked to fill in for the actress that couldn't make it. 
Well, well thank I you, Michelle. Yeah, well, I can't wait to work with Tony again. And Tony, so she is shall. one of the toughest, toughest women I've ever met in my life. And she can handle oh, a lot of stuff a lot of guys can't. I believe her. <laughs> we yeah. went to see a movie, and I felt very safe walking on the street with Michelle. <laughs> Uh, Michelle, you brought very up something, safe. though, which, which was interesting. Before you came on, we were talking about you specifically uh, about how actors may alter their bodies like you did with a new tattoo and covering it up if you, if you have to establish a new shot. Now, how was it when you're sweating profusely and it's so hot, did you have to go through a lot of makeup, touch up? Was it like running down your face? I've always been curious about that. Oh, it was like a sweat. It was definitely a hundred over a hundred degrees in the um, nightclub Ooh. that we were shooting in, and you know, with the lights and everything. So yeah, it, definitely by the end of the day, I looked meaner in my role because all my beautiful makeup melted. I looked really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure oh, I didn't smell funny. really great either. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's a mental note for me. Next time, shoot the makeup person and makeup first. Don't wait until the end of the day to shoot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have right. a I have a question. Um, yes. Do they still take on the makeup like they used to? I used to do a little modeling when I was like fifteen, sixteen, and I hated putting on the makeup because they just like give me mounds of foundation that I had to pack on. So are they still doing that. Oh, it was fascinating because um, I don't wear any makeup, so um, it was yeah. like a layer. It was like lotion, then a layer of powder, then a layer of foundation, then another la- layer of powder, then foundation, then layer, and then the color started. So, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, because I don't like makeup either, but, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, that was a rough start. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Michelle, or, or Tony, maybe this is a question for you. Wasn't Michelle the only one who wore that amount of makeup throughout the series? Yeah. Well, um, in that webisode, yeah, that's a special character. Normally, um, I, I, I don't bring a makeup artist in. Um, I just allow the actors to appear as they are, you know, to a natural. I mean, there have been some occasions where someone had to look particularly glamorous, um, and I would hire a makeup artist to sit, come in and, 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 and do beauty makeup. But um, I, I have found, just me personally, um, and this is just a layman's point of view, that um, that the um, just hiring a, a makeup artist to do beauty makeup, most of these actors, most of these ladies are already proficient makeup artists themselves. They know how to make themselves up. So... Usually, I'll just take a, bring a makeup artist in if it's a special kind of makeup. And in the case of Michelle Manor's character, the finisher, we wanted her to be scary. You know, we wanted her to have, you know, an Asian-oriented makeup that sort of looks like Chinese opera, but uh, is harrowing to look at. That the minute you see her, you know, uh-oh, we're in trouble now. You know, this woman, this woman is capable of. Uh, Awful things. I, I say that when I see her with no makeup. Yeah. <laughs> but but Michelle is so has this incredible this incredible physique and with her arms so perfectly toned. When she raises that sword, you know that that head is coming off. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I know, right? Yes, absolutely. She she did that part real justice. It was it was amazing when I saw it last night. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. You love me. You love me. <laughs> I Definitely know. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> oh my god. Right on. Well, I have I have a question too, Tony. Um, oh sure. A little bit ago, we were talking about um, you know young up and coming. Um, yes. If if somebody came up to you, a, a youngster mm-hmm. came up to you and said, hey, you know, I kind of want to get in the film industry. I don't know if I want to be a producer or behind the scenes or whatever, mm-hmm. right? What mm-hmm. advice would you give them getting into I the would industry? Tell, I would tell that person, try to focus on one thing at a time. The problem with a lot of young performers is they try to be good at too many things at once and, and they never get good at anything. They want to sing, they want to dance, they want to act, they want to do martial arts, they want to direct, they want to write, they want to, you know, do all these different things and every week it's a different thing. And they never, and I've seen that in, in maybe 75% of the performers I work in. They're just not focused. But the ones that I, I see making progress are the ones that are truly devoted to a specific craft and just keep working at it and working at it and working at it until they get good at it. Not that you have to be committed to one craft for the rest of your life, but you should choose one craft at a time. And then after you've become good at that, then maybe move on to the next thing and the next thing. But the problem is too often people are just too scattered and they're just trying to become good at everything at once. And they ultimately they, they don't become good at anything, you know, jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I would say if you want to be a, a, a screenwriter, you should just write, you know, at least for a, a stretch of time, like I did, if you want to make films, you should, you should just be a director. Don't try to be an act, an actor director. You know, right. if you if you want to be a, an action star, I would say um, maybe spend fifty percent of your time in the dojo, but another fifty percent in an acting studio because it's the acting that matters too. You know, I mean, I mean, a, an excellent example is um, a movie that came out several years ago called Haywire, and it starred the uh, mm-hmm. the female mixed martial artist, I think Gina Carena. And yeah. I actually thought she was quite good, uh, but that's an example of someone who was a, a superb martial artist, but somewhat limited uh, as an actor, and the movie really didn't take off. And it was directed by a major director, Steven Soderbergh, you know, um, so it can't just be, you know, kicking and punching, you know, you have to be able to be convincing when the camera is like three inches from your face. Right. Awesome. Great advice. So you hear that? Youngsters out there wanting to get into the industry? You know, because I know Art Camacho has has, has said something similar. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, you know, all these martial artists assume that because they they look good at their martial arts that they'd be great action stars. And they come up to me Mm -hmm. and they, you know, do you get that a lot where martial artists come up to you and say, I do martial arts and I can make your movies look good, so hire me. I mean, do you you get people like that? Well, um, (laughs) With, with with the videos that I'm doing, um, yeah, well, every once in a while, I, I get a link from someone, and, and I always appreciate their interest, and uh, and I look at their reels and, and photographs, and, 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 and normally, you know, really just impressed, you know, it's amazing what 
these the young people are doing today in martial arts, women and men. And um, uh, in fact, when we were a live show troupe, I would I would find my performers mainly on Craigslist, and I had to always stress female martial artists only, no men, because we were we, right. we were generally not looking for men. We we already had Terry and his partners to, to fill the roles of the men who were performing. But when I do a video, I'm usually looking for a specific type. And um, in the new video we're doing, uh, Dirty Marty, we have a very talented young actor named Kelly Ryder. And she's playing uh, the Martine Callahan character. And Kelly is also just a, a, a superb uh, actor and performer. And she's very committed to her craft. And uh, I look forward to her. And she plays... Uh, a, a devilish character named Morgan in Comfort Episode 10 in, in, in a dream sequence. So, um, yeah, I, I think when you look at actors like Meryl Streep and Amy Adams and, uh, you know, we're talking about the, the greats, you know, they focus on acting. Um, Meryl Streep performed... Uh, 40 uh, theater productions while she was studying uh, acting at Yale. You know, you got to really... And uh, John Wayne did 70 um, low-budget westerns before he did stagecoach. You know, you really got to put the time and the work in and be, and be focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Well, we are running out of time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Bob, let's start with Bob first. Do you have any last comments or questions for, for Tony? Oh, God. What did I say about her always putting me on the spot like this? <laughs> uh, no, I th- he answered them very well, and Michelle was a, a delight as always. Oh God, there okay. I go. Like, I really have to stop that shit, Michelle. <laughs> you might get a big, like, happy potion today or something. I, I know. <laughs> God, this is like be nice to Michelle, but it's only an hour. I can I I can persevere an hour. Because even though Tony said something about ladies, I, I, all I thought was, well, he wasn't talking about Michelle, but I never said it. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. The potion is I'm back. <laughs> and he's back. No, I don't have anything else. <laughs> all right. Well, you have thanks. Any other... Are you talking to me? Talking to George. George, do you have any questions for uh, last minute questions for George? Uh, for for I love for Jory for Tony. <laughs> I can't talk today. Hello, wow. George. And uh, what about Jamie? Jamie, do you have any last questions for Tony? So, what's next on your plate? Do you have another project coming up? Yes, uh, it's called Dirty Marty, and it's a nice. spinoff yeah. of the Dirty Harry series starring Clint Eastwood. Um, so you're going to see a woman handle a 44 Magnum, and that should be a lot of fun. I shot one of those. Yes, they were fun shoot, by the way. Yeah, I took I, I took Kelly to a, a the LA Gun Club uh, about a month ago and uh, had her shoot with both a uh, a normal a nine millimeter Glock and a 44 Magnum because she'll need to use, she'll need to simulate shooting with both in, in this 
the right. next video. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And what about Michelle? Any left? I, I just, yeah. Bob, be quiet. <laughs> um, I just really want to say, if you can't tell already, how genuine and non-Hollywood Tony is. I just am so grateful for him and who he is and how he maintains his kindness and and being true to what, you know, his craft and the way that he accomplishes it. And there's going to be great things coming from Tony, and I'm just grateful to know you. Uh, Same here. Likewise, Michelle. You are a joy to know. And uh, after... Next weekend, uh, let's, let's, hang, let's, let's hang out again. You know, it's always so fun uh, catching up with you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, on. and I'm glad you said that, Tony. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Michelle. That uh, you have worked with some not so nice producers and directors in the past. Mm. And, <laughs> and, and how was that for being PC? And Tony oh, Barry, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and Tony is definitely just meeting him and talking to you, and he's definitely not one of them. No. <laughs> well, thank nice. you. Genu- genuine, talented, and, you know, and he leaves a lot in Terry's hands, which is great. Even though he's the producer, Terry has a lot of say. And Terry was a great guy, and you can see oh, his influences. Just an yeah. amazing, amazing choreographer. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. How about you, well, Rusty? Well, Do you have any last-minute questions or, <laughs> or, or comments for Tony and Michelle? So, Bob. Just the last-minute one. It's, it's um, like when when you're developing uh, an episode, uh, mm-hmm. now, do, do ladies – does the, does the characters of the ladies change from episode to episode, or is it the same – you know, okay. uh, well, does the crew and do the weapons change, or how do you, how do you, I guess, how do you figure out what weapon goes with who and what does what? <laughs> who's got the well, Who's got the skill? Well, um, when we were a live show troupe, we I would develop either routines for the stage or, or videos that we would do based on the talents of the particular ladies who were in the troupe at that time. So if someone was a not really uh, a really seasoned martial artist, but a brilliant, uh, but a fantastic dancer. I would do create a routine or, or a video that would more or less highlight the dance talent rather than you know all out martial arts. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I right now I'm just following my muse. You know, um, I did Miss Moto because as a kid my brothers and I used to watch Mr. Moto. Uh, because mm-hmm. I'm Italian, you know, I have a natural affinity for The Godfather, and I grew up loving Dirty Harry. And <clears throat> but all of our videos will be female-oriented, and we'll have some action in them. Uh, Dirty Marty will be the first video that actually won't have any kung fu in it. It's, it's just a lot of shooting. But um, the next video, Miss Moto will have fighting, and so I, I'll be looking forward to working with Cherry again on that. But nice. The videos that you okay. see, you'll, when you look at our videos on, on the, the Concert Films YouTube channel, you'll see a wide variety of, of, of storylines and characters. Some, some of the videos are part of a web series. Some of them are just what we call standalone videos that are just, you know, just one video. Uh, we have a couple of James Bond-type videos. Uh, 
from China with Love and uh, another one called Doctor Marin that are based on that are sort of like uh, a takeoff on James Bond or, or sort of inspired by James Bond. So mm-hmm. yeah, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, well, on, dirty, on Dirty Marty, on on Dirty Marty, uh, Tony, are you mm-hmm. going to portray her as a Dirty Harry with the the bat, the the one liners that have become iconic, that sort of thing as well as the the tough with the look like uh, Clint Eastwood had. Well, uh, the storyline is that she has grown up being the estranged daughter of Dirty Harry. That Harry is her father, but he wasn't very present in her childhood. Uh, and she always showed, sort of grew up resenting that, but she winds up becoming a detective anyway. And then she learns mm-hmm. that Harry has passed away and uh, he has bequeathed to her his 44 Magnum, which initially uh, we assume she's not going to use or whatever. But in a, in a shootout, when her own gun, uh, you know, when she loses her, her, her service uh, pistol, she digs into her purse and she pulls out the 44 Magnum. Boom, boom. And, um, and then we close with her, hopefully, if I can do it, scattering Harry's ashes over the Golden Gate Bridge. So, um, so it's sort of her sort of coming to terms with the fact that Harry was her father, but for, for maybe practical reasons, the fact that he always had a price on his head and mobsters were always out to get him. He kept his distance most of the most of the time during her childhood. Um, so it's storylines at that, you know, interesting characters and uh, and storylines, you know, that I that I would like to keep doing. Very cool. Now, my last, absolute last question for you. Is, yes, sir. What about the logistics that you have with shooting? Like, you may have problems with scattering ashes off the Golden Gate Bridge. Have you encountered problems with? permitting or, or, or city issues, that sort of thing? Oh, well, the absolute hardest problem with the type of filmmaking I do, which I call YouTube filmmaking, because there's very little money. We don't operate on a, we do not operate on a shoestring budget. It's more like dental floss. And, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> or a toothpick. <laughs> yeah, something like that. The hardest part is finding the location. Yeah. The hardest part is even more than finding talent is is location. So oftentimes, you know, sometimes I can pay to use a space. Like I I was able to rent this old uh, dance club in in Playa Vista to shoot Webisode 10, which has since become become condemned um, because of the ghost ship fire up north. That that club is now officially closed down. But uh, other times it's it's totally guerrilla filmmaking. We sneak onto locations with no permit because they're too expensive. You know, you have to get insurance and all that, and they'll probably say no anyway if you ask. So I will. Um, we will go onto a location. We'll get our wide shots, our master shots first, and then hopefully. Uh, we'll be able to shoot unimpeded, but sometimes after 50 minutes, someone will come by, a security guard or an officer, and will say, look, you can't shoot it, you don't have this milk. But if we have the master shot already filmed, then we can shoot the close-ups 
at a, at a nearby location that kind of looks like the same place but isn't really. And that's the challenge, though. Look at getting finding locations to shoot. We don't have to pay millions of dollars, you right. know, for rentals and permits. Because anytime you tell someone you're shooting, right away they think you're Paramount Studios, and they they, they want you know they, they they want to hit you up for a lot of money, you know, exactly. which which I don't have. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's it's definitely challenging. Huh. Right. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. Okay. Um, so okay. Anyone else have any last-minute uh, questions or anything? George, are you still there? Do you have any last-minute questions before we have to sign out, bud? Well, I was going to say earlier that uh, you were talking about uh, finding uh, actors who have either stunt experience or martial arts experience. And I remember uh, when they did the, the movie Miracle about the U.S. hockey team that played the Russians in the Olympics in 1980. Oh yeah. They had to, they went to Boston and Minnesota to find hockey players who could act, but then they had to go mm. to LA to find actors who could play hockey. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's right. Well, well, well thank you. Oh, go ahead, Tony. Thank you for the privilege of being on your program, Lucita and and Bob and Michelle. It, it's been just such a joy speaking with with you all, and and I look forward to uh, just seeing you at the uh, Dragon Fest convention this coming August. Uh, when are you going to see Run by one of your webisodes? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, uh, Michael Matsuda, uh, uh, you know, very graciously offered me a table at the Dragon Fest convention. So uh, I think I believe I will be uh, running uh, webisodes at the convention. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you all for sure. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun, definitely. That'll be a blast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony and uh, Michelle and. Okay. Everyone else called in, and, and definitely thanks to you, Bob, for for being a cool co-host on yet another cool episode of Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. So with that said, everyone, stay tuned on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio page for next week's subject or guest. Until then, see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Take care, guys. Take care, yeah. everybody. Bye. Bye.